Have you noticed how many voices are talking to us during the Christmas season? We always have a lot of voices talking to us, but it, it especially ramps up during the Christmas season. And yes, I know that, that sounded like in your, in your head we've got voices talking to us, but uh, out there, there are voices talking to us, right? During the Christmas season, we have the voices of the stores that are trying to convince you that what you are missing in life is what their store has to offer. There is, are the voices of your extended family as you're trying to make Christmas plans and uh, when they want to get together, when they don't want to get together and what you're going to do and what it's going to look like, there are those voices that are on top of all the other voices. There are the voices of your kids with their Christmas list. There are voices of your spouse wondering what's going on. Uh, maybe that's probably the guys asking the wives what's going on. <laughs> um, there are voices all around us. And that's on top of the normal voices of the media, the voices of our peers, the voices of other parents around us, the voices of our coworkers, the voices of teachers at the end of the semester here telling you what your kids need to get done or what you need to get done, the, the voices of your bosses because there are deadlines that need to be met before the end of the year. And then you open up Twitter and you've got access to thousands of voices of thousands of opinions of what people have. And then, of course, this year, in 2020, we've got the added voices of listening to the doctors and the medical field and all of that and the politicians about what to do for your Christmas plans. And then there's one more voice, the voice in your head. We've got people talking to us all around. Which voice are you listening to? Who are you listening to this Christmas? The Old Testament people were waiting a long time for that one person to listen to. And he was born at Christmas. His name, Jesus. And John tells us exactly who this baby is. And that's where we're going to start today. We're going to be in John chapter 1, the very beginning. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four biographies of Jesus. They tell about his life, his death, his resurrection. Matthew and Luke record the Christmas story. They tell us what happened, when it happened, uh, with whom it happened. John tells us the why. He tells us the theological reasons behind Christmas and the theological uh, what happened at Christmas. And so we're in John chapter 1. We're going to begin with verse 1 to 3, and then we're going to jump down to verse 14. Here's what we're told. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is John talking about? Jesus, right? He's talking about Jesus. He gives him a really interesting title, and that's the Word, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But notice what he says about Jesus. 
In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. John says that baby born at Christmas is the all-powerful God, the creator God, the God who has no beginning, no end. He, wasn't, he didn't come into existence at Christmas. He didn't get birthed in heaven and then... No, he's been around for eternity because this is God born at Christmas. But the question is, if this is who John is talking about, why such a weird word to describe Jesus? Why the title, The Word? Well, how do people get to know you best? Your word, right? Your word is the revelation, the the greatest, most clearest revelation of who you are. People get to know you through the words that you say. They can observe your actions, but to really get to know you, they need to sit down and talk with you, right? Jesus is the word that makes God known to you and me. That's your first point this morning. The word became flesh to make God known. Let me give you an example of this. I stand outside in in, uh, the arrival line every morning as the kids get dropped off. And I can notice all kinds of things about the parents who drop off the kids. I can notice that they bring their morning mug and they have something to drink. I can assume it's coffee. I can assume that maybe they don't like coffee. Maybe they like tea. But maybe they're neither. Maybe they're that type of person that likes soda in the morning and so there's Pepsi or Coke or Mountain Dew in there. How would I, I, I can observe that they like to drink something in the morning, but how do I know what they like? It's only by talking to them. The same is true with God. We, we can observe many things about God in nature. We can observe He's powerful. We can observe He's creative. We can observe He's wise. We can see that uh, there's right from wrong. We can observe all of this about our God. But do you know what we could never know? We could never know by simply observing that He's loving, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. That God has revealed to us through His Word. And the clearest, the clearest representation, the clearest revelation of that Word is Jesus. If you want to know God, you have to listen to the Word. You have to listen to Jesus. And so, if you're here today and you're not sure about God, if you're listening online and you're not sure about this whole Christianity thing, ponder Jesus. Observe Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the Word. What He does. Who He is. Because He is the revelation of God. He has come to make God known to you and me. And isn't that incredible when you stop and think about it? Because what does that mean? It means the all-powerful God, the creator of this universe, wants you and me to know Him. 
He wants us to know him. And he's made it happen by the word becoming flesh for us. Do you know what the sad thing is? It wasn't always like this, was it? Think back to the Garden of Eden. Did Adam and Eve need the word to become flesh to have a clear revelation of who God was? No. They were holy. They were perfect. They walked with God. They talked with God. They saw God. They didn't need God to come in the flesh to know God. They knew Him. Do you know what happened? They listened to other voices. They listened to the voice of the devil who said, I know God told you that you can't eat from that fruit because you'll die, but you won't die if you eat from it. They listened to the voice in their own head that said, you know what, the fruit does look pretty desirable. It looks delicious. It's desirable for gaining wisdom. And so let's do it. And they disregarded the Word of God. And they listened to the other voices and it led them to sin. And ever since then, God has wanted to be known to you and me, to the people of this world, and yet time and time again, what happens? Time and time again, people disregard the Word of God. The Word became flesh. And yet how many people when he was in the flesh here on earth, took the time to sit and talk with him. How many times did people disregard him again and again? And if we're honest, how many times do we unintentionally or intentionally disregard the word of God ourselves? Stop and think about it. God wants to know us. God wants us to know Him. And He's revealed Himself through Jesus. The Word became flesh. He's given us His Word. And yet, how often don't we listen to the voices around us that pull us in all kinds of directions, unintentionally or intentionally? The voice that wants to go shopping for Christmas presents. The voice that says, I want to spend time doing this, that, and next thing you know, the word sits on our shelf. Dusty. The voice, the voices around us that pull us and, and invite us and convince us to make worship on Sunday a negotiable. Every Sunday we're here to hear the Word of God. It, it, it's on our calendars, and yet Sunday morning becomes a negotiable as we listen to the voices around us disregarding the Word. The Word became flesh. God wants us to know Him. And yet if we're honest, we're kind of apathetic at times to knowing the Word. The Word became flesh. Why do we want to listen to Him this Christmas season? Because the God of this world wants us to know Him. That is incredible. Imagine that some celebrity wanted you to know him or her. The celebrity that you love the most. You love their movies. You love their singing. You love whatever they do. And imagine if they called you up and said, hey, I, I want to go to coffee with you so you can get to know me. 
we would clear that schedule in a heartbeat. The God of this world says, I want you to know me. Come. Here, listen to the word once again. This is the word made flesh at Christmas. He wants you to know him. The word became flesh to make God known, and the word became flesh to save us. The word became flesh. It's honestly one of the saddest verses, the saddest phrase in all of Scripture, isn't it? The Word became flesh. God became human. As we look in the manger this Christmas once again, as we hold in our minds the baby Jesus, as we go back to Bethlehem to see this thing with which the angels have told us about, as we go back there once again and we see the baby, the somber reality is God became flesh because of me. Because of the times I've disregarded the Word. Because of my sin. The Word had to become flesh for me. For you. For sin. And yet, the Word became flesh. It is one of the most joyful phrases in all of Scripture. Isn't that amazing? One phrase can be the saddest phrase in Scripture and the most joyful phrase in all of Scripture. The Word became flesh. Think about what happened at Christmas. The divine became human. The immortal became mortal. The, the powerful, all-perfect, living God became vulnerable. The living, eternal God became killable. The Word became flesh. For what purpose? To save you and me. To die. That is the love that God has for you and me. It's all driven from a heart of love. And this is what is revealed. This is what Jesus, when He became flesh, reveals about our God. He has a heart of love for you and me that the eternal would become a human to die for us. 1964, in New York, there was a woman named Kitty Genovese. Do you remember this story? She was coming home from work in the middle of the night, and she was attacked. A man came up and stabbed her, and she yelled out and she screamed, Help! He stabbed me! And she was right outside an apartment complex. And the story goes that many lights in the apartment complex turned on as people heard her cries. And when the, 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 uh, the assailant saw these lights come on, he took off because he was sure someone was going to come down and help. But five to ten minutes later, you know what he realized? Nobody was coming down. Why? Because they were vulnerable. They could be killed if they went down. And so he returned five to ten minutes later and killed her. When your cries went up to heaven, the God of this world heard you. He heard you. 
And He came down from heaven in the flesh to become vulnerable, not at the chance of being killed, but with the full knowledge that 33 years later, nails and spears would pierce Him through. That the cross He'd bear, it'd be for me and for you. The God of this world heard your cries and loved you so much that He took on flesh. The Word became flesh to save you and me. And to do that, He would die. As we hold that baby in our minds once again this Christmas, this is the joy that we have that the God of this world would love us so much that He would take on flesh with full knowledge that He was vulnerable, full knowledge that He was going to be killed, full knowledge that He would die to save you and me. That is the joy we have this Christmas. If you're looking for a reason to listen to the Word this Christmas and to cancel out all the noise around us and to make Him the number one priority, there it is. His love for you and me. To close up, I've got one more point for you that didn't make the slides or the worship folder. But number one, we want to listen to the Word of God. We want to make it number one in our life because the all-powerful God, the God of this world, wants us to know Him. Number two, the God of this world loves us so much that He became flesh for us. And reason number three we want to listen is because the Word became flesh to relate to you and me. We can't look around and say, well, Jesus, it's nice that you say that in your Word, but you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to be poor. Yes, He does. He knows what it's like to be poor. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be judged by others. He knows what it's like to uh, feel the loss of a loved one. He knows what it's like to be accused falsely. He knows what it's like to not have your wants and your dreams come true. He knows what it's like to have God answer a prayer and say, no. He knows exactly what you're feeling this Christmas season because the Word became flesh. There are many voices pulling at your attention this Christmas season. But let's listen to the voice of God once again as we hear the Word become flesh. He's the all-powerful God who wants you to know Him. He's the all-powerful God who loves you enough that He became vulnerable and killable to save us from our sins. And He's the all-powerful God. The Word become flesh to relate to you and me so that when He speaks in His Word, we know it's coming from a heart that empathizes with all of our weaknesses, that empathizes with what we're going through. And so tune out the noise this Christmas and let's focus back on the Word once again because God is coming. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, what an incredible gift that we receive at this Christmas. You, the powerful, all-knowing God, became flesh. And when you became flesh, you revealed God's heart to us, your heart to us. It's a heart of love. It's a heart of compassion, of mercy, of grace, that you would come down to save us from our sins. That is why you were made, that's why you were made flesh. It is this heart that knows our weaknesses, that knows what we're going through, and because of that, when we hear your word, we know you know exactly 
how we feel. Let us cling to that word. Let us tune out the noise of all the voices around us this Christmas. And let us focus on you, the word becoming flesh. In your name we pray. Amen. Part of tradition in Christian worship is that we say a creed or a statement of faith. 